Hello, and welcome to Walking with Purpose, where we engage in real in-depth conversations and discussions regarding social issues, interpersonal relationships, marriage, dating relationships, and anything that moves us. We speak our truth, we stand in our truth, sharing our real-life experiences and struggles, our triumphs, and the lessons that we've learned. I'm Chris. I'm joined by Santana, Juice, Gary, and Eric. Today's topic of discussion is regrets. We all have had regrets, missed opportunities, and things we wished that never happened. My first regret is that my oldest daughter, that I wasn't a better father to her. Uh, my oldest daughter has a different mother than my other two kids. My oldest daughter is 18 months older than my son. My daughter's mother and I had a toxic relationship. I chose to be financially present, and I regret that I wasn't a better father to her. She deserved more of my time, more of my energy. I paid her little attention. I gave her little time. I was content on paying child support and watching her grow up without a father that she could count on, depend on, and rely on. It has always, and still to this day in some aspects, become a financial relationship and not a father-daughter relationship. The responsibility for nurturing and cultivating that relationship fell at my feet. I failed at her in more ways than I can ever imagine. It was probably one of the most difficult times in my life, uh, having a daughter out of first out of wedlock and then in a, in a toxic relationship where we really didn't get along. Uh, we got along uh, sexually. We were compatible. But outside of that, me and her mother just did not get along. It was crazy. Uh, child protective services got into the mix uh, to the point where it got so bad I walked away from it. I walked away from her, from my daughter, for about three or four years. And uh, that's one of my biggest regrets. I'm Gary. Uh, Chris, understand, I, we were the, I was there basically when you met her. Uh, Eric was there, too. Now, yeah, Eric was there, too. It was at the club. It was at the club she in Victorville. Looking, she was looking good, that She's night. a very nice-looking lady. Ooh, boy, but look, yeah, she was looking good. But let's get back to the important aspect of this. All of that is said, good, said, and done. But what are you doing now to change it? Or have you had a real talk with your daughter and just asked her that you wanted a, a better relationship and even apologized? Because that's where it's going to start from. Yeah, a few years ago, we had a had a heart-to-heart relationship, man, and I asked her for forgiveness, um, and I apologized, man. I, I apologized. There were some things she she told me about some things that she went through that I didn't even know about. That one time uh, she got mad at her mom and her mom's boyfriend or husband at the time, and uh, they called the police on her and sent her to juvenile hall, <laughs> and nobody told me anything, man. But we, we've talked about it, man. We've talked about it in, in, in length. And uh, it, I have to, as a, as, a, as, a, as a man and as a father, continue to, to reach out to her and to, to strengthen that relationship. Because it's, it's definitely a regret. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel bad, man, at times, man, because she doesn't have the... This, we don't have the same relationship that the other two had because the other two were in the house. I was with them day in and day out. I helped raise them, and I didn't help raise her. And sometimes that manifests itself as, well, what can I do for you now? Uh, every, time, every time I go see her, you know, I'm, I'm, here's money. I'm throwing money at the situation and not trying to develop the father-daughter relationship that that should be uh, should be nurtured and, and, and should be uh, should be going on. 
Now it's tough. Um, I and that's understandable. That's very understandable. But I know she's in a very busy time in her life, and so are you. But what are you doing to throw time at her? The last time I saw them, I saw her and my granddaughters was before COVID. I think it was January 2020. And that was the last time I physically saw them. And I was sick. I was so sick, man. I was surprised I didn't get those, her and the, and the, and the grandbabies sick too. I was so sick. So that was the last time I, I saw her physically. I talked to her about, what, maybe two or three weeks ago. And now... Come to find out, she's having another baby. So that's baby number three. Um, so I'm having some, uh, not reservations, but I, I need to go and see them. And that's, that's, that's going to be on my priority in the next two months is to get out there and, and, and see, see her and see the grandbabies and, uh, and have a conversation with her a more deeper conversation than we've had in the past. That's cool. Um, yeah. But don't you, um, what about a weekly phone call? Yeah, I could do that. Uh, I could do that. I could do a weekly phone call. That's a good suggestion. Just, and even if it's just to say, I love you. Right. Right. Um, I'm thinking of you. I don't have much time. Um, because you never know what happens in two or three weeks. Right. You never even happen knows what happens in two or three days. True. And um, we as people, sometimes we take life a little too much for granted that we have tomorrow. Right. So, you know, maybe you might want to beef that up to once a week. You know, hey, I'm going to call you on Friday. Uh, even if it's just to leave a message, we can't talk. I just want to let you know I'm thinking of you. Right. Just so you guys can have that personal time. All right. Because it, it'll go a long ways after a couple of years. Right. I agree. I agree. And that's something that I haven't been doing. I've been kind of putting it off, postponing it. And I've, I should be making some type of effort to reach out to her. Um, I want to chime in a little bit. Um, this is Santana or Santana. <laughs> um, coming from a daughter of a dad that wasn't more involved in my life, who was a weekend dad. Um, I wish my dad would have been a lot more involved in my life because I had a lot of things going on with me too that um, he he dipped out on me for 10 years. No, actually more than that, about 20. He just decided to stop communicating with me and my sister entirely and, um, you know, I already had kids. My sister had kids. So he didn't know any of his grandchildren. He was involved with his wife's son and those grandkids, but not me and my sister. And it wasn't until my father's wife passed away that he reached out to me. And then at that time, I had to make a decision on forgiveness or not. And I... I'm just that kind of person, so I chose to forgive him so that we could have a relationship. And so now, you know, he wasn't there for the really important, crucial things that went on with me. Like, I had a lot of a lot of trauma and drama that I wish he had been there to help me get through. Um, but now we have, a, we have a good relationship, but it's different. You know, we have a friendship. He's still my dad, you know, so I, I'm usually the one that calls my dad to check on him and make sure he's okay. And, you know, lately he's been calling me a little bit more, but I make sure that we talk every week. I may not see him every single week, but we, we speak. So it, it, it speaks volumes to me in my heart and in my mind that we have a better relationship now, even though he wasn't there. But, you know, those, those times, man, I, you can't get those back. I grew up without him. And uh, that shit's hard. It's hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's had its moments that it's, it's, it's aided me. Um, you know, not being there to watch her grow into the, to the woman that she has become. 
to the mother that she has become. Um, but like Gary said, I, I think, you know, I, I need to step up my, my communication with, with her and, and my other kids too, man. Um, and let them know that I'm here. Let them know that I'm thinking about them and then let them know that I'm loved, that they're, that they're loved. So I agree with y'all on that point. That's, uh, that's, that'll be something that you won't regret doing. Because one of the things my dad taught me, and this is getting a little, maybe even off the point about, about it, is, uh, dad's 24 7, 365 till the day you die. You're the backbone. You're the backbone of the family. Regardless of the situation, whatever goes down wrong, it's you. Be there. You're not going to be perfect. The most important thing is be there. You know, I grew up, man, thank God, I had so many strong men in my family. James Evans type, Joe Jackson type. I mean, they didn't play. The women were strong, too. All of them were educated and college graduates. Mm -hmm. But the men ran the family. And because of that, we didn't have a lot of the problems my friends did. And I couldn't relate to a lot of the kids in my neighborhood because they didn't have fathers and they didn't understand I couldn't hang out with them. My dad was son practices over five o'clock. He was picking us up. He would be picking me and Jeff up juice, me and juice up talking about, all right, where you at? Till this day, till the day he died, he was calling me up. Yeah, you messing up. Sometimes he called me up, you messing up. And he hang up. (laughs) 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 And I know I was like, shh, man. All right. (laughs) That's a good girl. You messing up. (laughs) Or you need to get rid of her. That's the way it is, but man, get that relationship with your daughter because uh, it's priceless. And your grandkids even more important because the way you relate to her and your grandchildren is the way they're going to relate to men in the future. Exactly. And you want them to be able to relate to a good man, not a bad man. Right. Because there's a lot of those running around. Most of the men running around are bad men. Yeah. You want her to be able to run with a good man. And when she gets a bad man, be able to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, she got rid of a bad man. Uh you know, when you it's hard for you to sit there and witness some of the stuff that that she told me. Or not not witness, but listen to some of the stuff that she told me about the bad man that she was with and how he treated her after uh fathering two children with her. Um, it just made my heart sink, man, and feel a little, made me feel really, really bad about that situation, man, because he, he did some things that were uncool, man. He kicked dents in her car and got a hammer and threatened to break all the windows out of her car and then I think kicked her in the face when she, while she was holding the baby. You know, I really wanted to touch him, but... uh how can I touch touch him and I'm so far away, you know? I don't know, man. It's just crazy. It's crazy, but I'm definitely going to take the advice, man, that wisdom and and and, and reach out to to my daughter on a on a weekly basis and have conversations with her even if it's for 5 minutes, that should be sufficient. It'll make a difference. Yeah. It definitely won't. make a difference. All right, my name is Zarek. I am not an alcoholic. Uh, as I stand here today amongst the cast members, one of the questions was, what do I regret out of life? 
I regret having an actual family. Um, the reason why that is is because of my immediate family and how they came up. When you grow up with a lot of pimps, players, hustlers, and drug dealers and whatnot, it kind of tends to rub you the wrong way. When the drug epidemic, the crack, came into play, it just destroyed our family because that's when our uncles just lost their mind and even some of the cousins I came with. So I always told myself as a, a little leaguer right there, in my journeys by myself, because my mother wasn't too stable, my father was doing whatever, I chose not to live that life because I looked at life ahead of time and know that that wasn't my thing. I was raised to be independent, too overly independent to where that I was the breadwinner when I did stay with my mother. Once I transitioned into that, I ended up moving with my father and all heck broke loose. It was like, you don't need a woman to do this. You can do this yourself. I'm doing it. And so I took that and ran with it. Now, once I got to school and got buck wild and whatnot, um, things start happening. Once you encounter a lot of girls, you start having what? Problems. One of them was uh, them telling me that I'm pregnant. Now, a lot of things I never said, and of course, you know, most of the guys here, so Edie, you're going to know now that I did associate with a lot of women. In my journeys in that, a few of them became pregnant. Now, to say if they were mines or not is an understatement, but there was seven of them that said that they were pregnant. So out of the seven, there were seven abortions. Four of them I end up driving to, which not too far from here, around the way. Matter of fact, one of the doctors even knew me, say, you back again? So with that said, I probably would have been a statistic in, but for some odd reason, I, was, I persuaded them enough to get the abortions. Did I actually care about them? No, I didn't. I, I wasn't in that frame of mind. So once I got surpassed that, I looked at other things, which was the guys that are in front of me, and said, where exactly is my family? So each one of these individuals became my family. And they've been my family since now. They're taking care of me more than my own actual family. It wasn't until 2021, as we speak right here, that my immediate family came together. And it was based on the fact of what friendships I had right here in front of me is how we came together. And no, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but COVID kind of saved my immediate family. Another thing that really kicks me off, and they're probably going to end with this one, is my dear father. Unfortunately, he comes from a family of statistic type of people that really don't care about him. So I rock his name just on the fact that my mother married him. Well, lo and behold, he passed away three, four years ago. I was never notified about it. I call, I will call, this, that, and other. Even went down there. I happened to stumble online one day and I seen the obituary. And this was as I was at work and that he had passed. Not only did he pass, he was cremated, sent to Ohio. His remains was buried next to his father in the cemetery. So when I finally got the obituary note, I was listed as a bastard. Just Eric. And I'm his only son. So when I confronted them about the whole situation, they act like I didn't exist. I was a nobody because I wasn't close to that side of the family. I was more close to my mother's. That really bothered me for a long time. And the guys right here, although we do have a new panelist here, uh, not saying take anything away from me, but I was really hurt by that. And each one of these guys that's in this panel came in and stepped in and told me it was going to be all right. Not my brother, not my sister, not my mother, not my cousin, not my uncle. These guys right here. So I guess you can look at it as like being initiated in a gang. But it's just this gang has positive vibes. A lot of positive vibes. 
enough to where I sit where I am today because of these guys. And I hope, Miss Santana, that you take heed in what a real friendship is in a long journey. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether there's sickness, whether it's in health, whether it's anything, these guys are right here. So I consider them, minus one person that I have in Nevada, as my family. And with that said, do you have any questions? So why do you think they left you out of the obituary or not, didn't give you, give you act, or didn't credit you as, as his son? Well, what had happened was my father got a little cranky as he got older. So there was this young girl who was 36 years his senior, always around him. And he caught her when she was like 20. And he she been with him since. So her old goal was she thought that he had like mounds of money. He didn't. So she figured, well, I'm gonna get in where I fit in. So I know it got to a point from what the story was told to me that in order for him to keep his benefits, he had to get married because he was single. Right. So he married her. So by marrying her, that kicked me to the curb. So when I finally got a hold of one of the relatives, he said that he was in the mounds of debt, which I knew. The stuff that he had wasn't going to last, which I knew. But to her, it was a power trip. It was a power trip enough to know that my phone number is etched on the refrigerator in that house. She also has it in her phone, and she declined to even let me know what's going on. So uh, the way I feel about it is what... Really, what can I do about it as a realist? Life has to go on, you know? And I love my father. I wanted to show him I was the best thing that ever happened in his life. I wanted to lead by example, but everybody else was screwing up, make sure I stayed positive. But I know as time went on with him, he was deteriorating. And so, in a way, maybe it was meant to be. She took over everything. I didn't say a word. I didn't push the issue. I could have. I didn't want to. If it was in God's plan, this is the way it was set up. Hey, I got my own thing. I'm living my own life, so enjoy. And that's how I feel about it. Any other questions? What was the lessons that you learned, Eric? Tell me the lessons that you've learned about. In which particular aspects? First of all, the uh, the the abortion aspect of it, well, with the women that you had. And uh, and then the, the fatherhood aspect of it, with the relationship with your dad. Is there any lessons that you that you got out of it that you that you that you figure that you can impart to any somebody else? I, I mean, maybe in that same same situation you in, or maybe be going through that right now. The the, the abortion thing, um, I got caught up in that, and I just didn't know what to do. Every time it hit, I would just just turn to him. I'm like, damn, I'll be a father. And then this one said he was pregnant. I'm be a father. I'm like, I, I would have had six or seven kids if they would have just really just drove me a thing. Unfortunately, that this happened, but I feel bad about that. I just never expressed it. Right. And and we, I've always felt that you would have been a damn good father. E. Honestly, I'm gonna always felt that way. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I probably wouldn't have been a bad dad just on the fact that the circumstances of how that kid was procreated. You know what I mean? I, I would have I been an awful father because each one of them individuals would have been knocking at my door for this or doing that, and, and I probably would have spazzed out. And the only reason why I tell you that is because when I looked at my immediate family on how bad it was, I mean, even with my own brother and sister, they doing good now, but back then, it was pretty bad. And I just told myself I did not want to live like I didn't want to live a life on welfare. I didn't want to live a life on food stamps. I didn't want to live that that black American dream of a atypical black man coming out of the, the projects or South Central or whatever. And he progressed. That's everybody's story. I just didn't want that. I just wanted to go. I just wanted to do my own pathway. And fortunate for me, I ran into you guys in that journey. And I've been hooked ever since. So that's the best high for me because neither one of y'all have ever, ever turned your back on me. Now, even on my worst day, you never turned your back. It was always there. I understand um, all that. And in a lesson, even dealing with women, 
do you are you more careful now in the way you choose women? Well, I'm older now, of course. Absolutely. I, I, yes. And what I mean by that is there's some men that talk to women just to be talking to women. And then there's some men, as my dad or grandfather would say, that only talk to the men, to the women they care about. Um, have you started to discriminate that yet? No, I, every woman that I come across, I always try to be what? A gentleman? That you are, but do you yeah. care for them? Like, look across the room. I like her. I like her. There's a whole lot of pretty women, but every woman is not a woman you're going to like. But I like her. I like her style. I like her demeanor. I just like her. Well, to answer your question, yeah, I did do that. And I did that for 10 years. But there was only one problem with that individual, which I never told anybody about. That person for 10 years was raped. Raped at an early age. That was uh, Airlines, Sacramento. That's hard to deal with. And not only that, there's five kids. Right. Now, here's the cold part about that. When I met her, it was just two kids. Yeah, <laughs> it was two kids. Where did the other three come from? Okay, that's my point. You understand? She was married at 14. And yeah, and she raised the other three kids in Germany. She was a military type thing. So if you know anything about the whole thing of being born black in another country, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's the transition to get to the States is even crazier. Right. So. But where'd the other two come after you met her? Well, I'm going to get to that. She was married. So those were the three. And she got another guy. This, she played married. Two more kids came about. Now, I came in on the two, the two other kids because the other three were, quote, unquote, grown in that aspect. They were at the legal age. And then so the most of her kids, the two that were, well, it was three. No, in fact, hold up. It was three. It was a boy and girl twin and the girl. So it was three. So let me correct that. <laughs> so the boy and girl twin were around the same age, and the other one was three years behind. So I'm sitting up there going, it went from one to two to three to five. I'm already in the, the whole thing of the relationship. I didn't start. I said I liked her, as you would say. So I, I dealt with it. I said, you know what? I don't have kids of my own. What the hell? How bad could it be? Well, I'll never do that again. Um, what had happened with that whole relationship, I kept it going because I really liked her. I spoke to her. I, I introduced her to Chris. Chris met her. You know, you know, cool person. But here's one problem. I was here. She was down there. Problem number one. Problem number two if a person has been raped at an early age, their promiscuity increases. So they have a want and desire to need comfort, companionship, physicality the whole time. That's what she was. When it wasn't there at the time, she started doing it elsewhere. Now, the funny thing with that was that I ended up catching her doing it. Now, she didn't deny it. She went about it and she feels there's no accountability. And her reason was that I didn't pay her no attention. Okay, you feel that way after 10 years. I get it. So just think if I would have had to marry her or been married to her, all hell would have broke loose. I probably would have done something stupid. So I, my point is to you, Gary, to answer this question, that I take it for what it is. I was blessed enough to be able to walk away from that situation. Although I did love her, I cared about her. But when that happened, that was it. I was done. That's understandable. But you can't let that dictate everything and anything for the rest of your life. Oh, it's not the rest of the life. Don't trust me. you deal with other women, though. The dating scene in 2021 is not like when we came up in our days. It's a whole different ball game. The modern woman has a different way of thinking now. 
And the ones that, that have previously been married, they had kids, they're sitting there by themselves, their, their foundation of thinking is a lot different than somebody who's young, don't have any baggage or kids and whatnot, see? The reason being is that the modern woman thinks that she is still relevant. She don't look at herself as 40, 45, 50, none of that. She still thinks she's 30. So I've come across those journeys, as you said, and I give these women a shot. I probably have more success dating a 30-year-old than somebody my own age in 2021. Now, I know it sounds sad and pathetic. It doesn't sound sad. I can understand. Yeah, I'm just, I, I really yeah. can in, in certain situations because you're dealing with somebody that's not as pulling as much luggage and pulling as much mental damage. Um, I can understand that. But you um, also always remember just deal on an individual basis. Yeah, but the thing of it is that I look at my age, I'm in what they call wonder years. So, you know, my title now is sugar daddy. You know what I mean? You know, what I'm you know it ain't it ain't it ain't sugar daddy now. So, you know, I didn't take that what it is. So, you know, put a little of the sugar daddy money off to the side right here, right? Just for that sake of thing, for that little young thing and one of okay, I already got it right here. I already, I already budgeted for it right here. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and do it. And I, I tried. Look, I I I've dated professional women, women that are high-end, this. They living in, in Orange County, living in $2 million homes and all that, and they got a brain of a pigeon. Brain of a pigeon. I mean, one works for a law firm. She had an ankle bracelet on her damn ankle. Ooh, let that sink in. Not only that... So why'd you keep talking to her? I didn't know talk to the facts. She hit it. God damn it, I'm trying to tell you. These people lie. <laughs> Not only does she have one DUI, <laughs> she got two DUIs. <laughs> now, no, you have to be utterly stupid as an independent woman. You make 165 grand a year. You work for a law firm and you out drinking. Not once, but twice. Then you hide it because you wear a long dress and whatnot. Or you got some special dice. The women have to take, they can take it on and off or whatever. I don't know. But when I seen that, right, and I'm sitting up there, and we getting, got to get busy, and I look up the. Explain <laughs> 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 this. Oh, <laughs> Eric, when it comes to uh, listening to you being our little brother, man, having to kind of go through that and listening to the scenario for which, you know, you came to your thought process, which we all, when you hear us speak, we, we all had to come to some type of thought process behind the trauma of things that you've gone through. Um, I think uh, kind of echoing what Gary said is that as you move forward, uh, as long as you have breath in your body and as long as you have the abilities which you have, man, because, you know, you've always been a really smart brother that we've all always looked up to True. in terms of how you went about business. Uh, the thing and the sentiment that I would echo to you is just to keep your mind open to that. Uh, I, I truly believe that God has someone in store for you. I believe that, uh, you know, it'd be a situation where you don't have to worry about a person with an ankle bracelet. Or you don't have to, you know, as crazy as it sounds for us to sit up here and go, man, this is, this is, this is wild. You know what I mean? But there is someone there for you. There are, there's always someone. And to keep your mind open to that because you have a lot to give, man. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of things that you can pay forward to a lot of different people that have gone through things that's, horrific as you have and probably even more horrific because we all have a story as you know and from that story we uh we develop uh, our own sensitivities our own prideful things our own you know um situations where we we kind of put walls up and we won't let people get over those walls because now you know those type of things can shame you not only can they hurt you but they can shame you and uh, you know I, I always look at one of the, 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 the devil's workshops is to get you shameful. 
Because if he gets you shameful, then he's always going to keep you in a situation where you're kind of like in a hole and you can't get out of it and you kind of play this game. And I think me and Chris talked about it where you and Gary, you, you medicate the pain and the shame by the things that you do. Um, and so, you know, I just want you to keep that open mind, man, that, you know, brother, I know you. We, we know you. Like you said, family. We, we didn't been through some stuff. Even though we didn't have married and have families and did things, you've always been our family. So we know you. We know what you've gone through. And that's why we've come across, you know, even when you were going through the things, like you said, we're going to be with you because we know what that's like. You know what I mean? And so um, that's what I just want to do, man, and encourage you is to keep, you know, uh, having that open door. I think it'll happen for you. Don't be discouraged by it. Don't be discouraged by you know, what we see today with this type of woman or, or people that got this baggage, because believe me, for, for the ones that do have that baggage, there is somebody that don't have that baggage. And even if they have gone through a little bit of trauma, they'll be willing to go through the storm knowing that you're willing to go through the storm with them. And deal with your baggage. At the same time. At the they're, same they're there. Time. They're there. Yeah. Um, you just have to be patient. And you know what? If you don't want drama, don't bring drama. If you don't want hurt, don't bring hurt. The only thing you can do is come into some a situation as you. And you're a great person. You can't be afraid of being hurt because being hurt, love is strength. And with, with, with love, you're going to get hurt. And if you're scared to get hurt, you're going to be scared to love. And once you're scared to love, you're scared to live. So just, you're one of the best people I ever met. And there's very few people I would meet and I would say, you know what? Man, I wish you would have talked to my sister. You're one of those guys. And that's the truth. So you just keep being you and something's going to come along. Just keep your eyes open and keep being a better person every day. And better things is going to happen, my man. And that's that sounds okay. Well, being that we do have a female here, because you haven't said anything, and I'm trying to figure out why. <laughs> you know, I thought you'd be the first to jump on this one right here. You know, you like, oh my goodness, this guy is. I mean, you know. So, what do you say about all this? Like, I did say the modern woman, right? True. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, being um, a woman with baggage because I think at this age we all got something you know we've all been through something so you know um, I have my own because I've been through a lot of things and I've tried to keep an open mind I mean just listening to what um, Gary just said to you about being open to you know being hurt and all that that's been a very rough journey for me because of all the things that I've gone through. But I've, in my dating life, like I've tried to keep an open mind with everybody that I've met. I've met some interesting people. I haven't had anybody with an ankle bracelet. I was close. I was close one time. Um, but I've had some, I've, I've met some interesting people um, from all walks of life, different careers and things of that nature. Um, you know, and, and I found that a lot of the men have baggage as well. It's not just me, you know, so they have whatever they got going on in their head. And I don't, you know, it's, it's real easy for men to say that the women have all this baggage and hangups and so on and so forth, especially at the age that I am now. I get all of that, you know. So is it slim pickings for me? Yes. Very slim. Trust me. <laughs> yes. It's slimmer for you than it is for him. True. This is true. This is true. So all I can do is just be the best version of me I can, keep my options open, and, um, you know, I just keep living my life and doing me. And the right one is going to recognize what's up. And you know what? He's, he's going to have to be patient and consistent. That's all I can say. Consistency speaks volumes. But that's everything. Yes. And everything. Exactly. Exactly. Just being a good person. Yes. And once you see that in a person, 
Yeah. It's unlimited. But you got to you got to open yourself up to that. So if we're meeting and we're talking, I mean, you got to give it some time, but you got to you got to know where those red flags are at. There's red flags in front of you sometimes and you just kind of like, mm, oh, oh she's cute or or damn, he's fine. And you just kind of like cuz I I'm guilty of that. I've done that too. Yeah. I've done that too. You know, but you 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 at some point have to go okay. This person's got this and that. Am I willing to, you know, compromise? Right. It's all about that too. Compromise. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm with you on that because I've had some crazy dates. I ain't gonna lie. They're, I got I should put them all in a book too. <laughs> anyway. I think the one thing that you said that's very prevalent though, <clears throat> uh, not, no profound, prevalent, and very important, is the fact that you have an open door because a lot of women can close that door. And, and and they can close that door. You didn't. You're not sounding like you closed that door. And I think that's where we're coming at, Eric, when we're uh, talking about when Gary's speaking about that. Is that you want to keep that door open? That there could be, you know, that could be that opportunity for you to find that right person. Right? Yeah. Just like uh, she just mentioned, I think that's important because you know it's easy to close the door. It's harder to keep it open. Yeah. But it's easy to close it. <clears throat> but. As you close it, then you have to kind of sit back and wonder, when I close the door, what am I really closing it to? Am I closing it because I'm scared? Am I closing it because, you know, what? am I really looking at it the right way? And I think you made a profound situation when you said, oh, she's, you know, he's fine, she's this. Because when you look at that, when you really listen to that, all that's really superficial. Mm-hmm. It's on the outside. Yeah. But when you take the time to know someone, you get to know their heart, then it becomes different. Because now I'm listening to your heart, not what you look like, what you sound like, what you have, what you're doing this. I'm looking at your heart because if you can have a, a great relationship with someone that has had some baggage, but they've learned to ha- let their heart heal, and you trying to, and they're willing to be with you to let your heart heal, and y'all do it together. I think there's there's opportunity, and I've seen that with different people. That's why I can speak to it because yeah. I've seen it with different people that have allowed it to happen, <clears throat> and I've seen them, you know, have great relationships. And being that we all brothers here, I want all of y'all to have a good relationship. Right? You know what I mean? So that that's kind of where I take it. Yeah, I, I remember my daughter's mother. Man, she was. Wine. Boy, I'm telling you, man. You remember? She was. Oh, she, could she wear was, a dress. She, she was attractive, man. Just, and I was kind of uh, floating three feet off the ground because she was giving me some attention. But when the rubber meets the road, man, when you really find out about who this person really is, you peel back the layers, bro, and it's like, wow. I, I you know, I, I didn't know her situation was her situation, and and then. I thought she was, uh, she had more than, than, than she portrayed. I thought she had more. And then, and, and when come to find out, we weren't equally yoked in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, well, I got this kid by her, this child, and I'm trying to do my best by this child. <clears throat> and she threatened me with going to the district attorney and all that other stuff. And, to, to the point where I just volunteered my own information to the district attorney. I said, this is where I work, this is where I live, and I believe that I'm the father of this child. And that's that, man. So you, you have to be, you have to look at people in their entirety, and then you got to make them and, and see what they really bring to the table, man. And if there's no balance, for me, if there's no balance, if there's no equality, then I got to go. But, but you are. I'm sorry. Go ahead, son. You were looking at at, at that situation. See, when you're younger, you don't know all this stuff, right? So now at this age, of course, you can look back and go, man, if I only knew then what I know now. When you're young, you don't, you don't think about all of those things. Oh, I, I thought about it when I was young. In that situation, I thought about it. And that's but kinda, you were already, you already that, were deep in with a baby. What yeah, I'm saying is, but she when, wanted when you me initially to, meet and you're talking wanted. to somebody, right? that's when you should be finding out certain things. 
right? But right. that's not what you do. You find out that you, you're I, like, oh, okay, we're cool. Right. But see, I found out afterwards. But see, yeah. this is the thing is also, and uh, Chris can agree to disagree. When Chris met her, he wasn't worried about getting that deep because she was a very pretty girl, and Chris had already fallen into some bad habits. Oh, see, that's what I'm talking about, and the see, bad Chris, habits. Chris, <laughs> that was his fault as well as it was her fault because, mm-hmm. to be honest, even the club where he met her, he had no business even talking to any of those girls because those girls weren't or even on our radar. Um, we were all college kids. Most of those people going to that club didn't even know what college was. Uh, most of them didn't even have jobs. Uh, we had jobs. Um, okay. Chris had came out of a relationship where he did everything right. And then he already had made up his mind. He was doing everything wrong. Um, <laughs> So Chris went into that with a bad disposition. Not bad intentions, but a lot of bad habits he was starting to develop. And therefore, his Mm. decision-making became poor. Mm. And then that's when his onslaught of bad habits got worse. Yeah, I was slinging him. And he was, there you go. I was and so, knocking him out. And see, hitting home runs. He was hitting home runs. And <laughs> see, that, and, and that's where Chris, where I really started to see Chris become something he wasn't. True. Because he was hurt. See, and that, that's a prime example of letting hurt dictate your life. Yeah. If Chris would have just regrouped and said, you know what? I can deal with this hurt. It's time for me to move on. Uh, it's time for me to man up on my part. It wasn't all her fault. It just didn't work out. Half of the stuff wouldn't have happened, including that. Because yeah. when he met her, I was there. And she was fine. Ooh. But I I knew she wasn't the one. I knew it. I knew she was bad news when we walked in the club. Everyone <laughs> in that club was bad news. Yeah, but I didn't think I was going to get her pregnant. Oh, <laughs> trust me, the way you were slinging it, you were looking at her, she was knock getting it out. Pregnant. No, but <laughs> we, we, the thing with that was that you got two intellectuals that are putting together concept in an area that they had nothing. So we also had the military bases. So all these women were kind of just floating around. And I think I think that was our that was our moment of being a celebrity because no matter every time we went down there, it was like, okay, you got such and such. Okay, I got such and such. All right, I'll holler at you. And Saturday we'll sit back and talk about it. The rendezvous because they made it so easy because we stood our ground about looking good and being, you know, professional. And they loved it and they loved it so much that there were several people who met out of that club that ended up getting married. We had the mayor, the fire chief. We had all these people come down to see what we were doing. We even made the paper. Chris did a thing with the church. Said, have you do the can? Remember that? That's right, we did it. Yeah, we did that. The mayor, the fire chief, this, we had the, I mean, the whole enchilada down there. After that, we was, we were the celebrities. Every Friday, they, they was right there. And every Friday, there was a new female that got initiated. No questions asked. No questions asked. It was an onslaught every Friday. It was. It got to a point that I really got tired. I just. Oh, trust. Just got, I got tired. I just. I'm getting my car. I just look. I'm gonna make that drive over the hill, man. Because we would. We would literally. We'll go to Denny's. That was it. And after that, it was pick and choose time. All right, Chris. What, what you want? It was pick and choose before no, we went to. Yeah, Denny's. yeah. But that's how easy it was. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. We we brought a different flavor. Yeah, we brought a different. 
culture to that, yeah. and it's just like anything else. Like, and, and then when we bought KJLH up there, that was that's really yeah. We bought that. We bought the beat. We had limousines. We had this. We just we we had. Remember, we had troop. Yeah, we had troop. We had troop. There, troop yeah. was washed up. But they was, but they were still a hot thing down there. Yeah, and it didn't cost as much. And we came. It was a line around the damn corner. To see, they didn't even perform. Let's show how cool it was. They showed up, shook some hands, did this and that, and they left. And we had a line of people still trying to get into the place. I mean, it was so crowded in there, the electrical just died. (laughs) Just went out in that place. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I wish I had all the answers for every stupid thing that I did, and I don't. But here's the thing, if I look at it right now, I'm glad... I got a chance to live it. Because if I was trying to live it now, I'd probably jump in that pool or something, you know, and just let, let chips fall. Because there's no way in 2021 what they're doing now and do it. No, ain't no way. There is no remote way. So I'm glad I got to experience that. I'm glad I got to scave away that not too many scars. And that was it. But even in that learning experience, I look at now, I'm always trying to help people now. I'm always trying to help somebody, you know, whoever it is. Even this the little 30-year-old that's trying to holler at me. This girl drives from North Hollywood, comes down here. Why? She likes the view of the damn mountains right over here in Redlands. A city girl. Go figure. All the men you could have right there, why are you going to, oh, this old guy. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Sugar daddy? No. Oh, go ahead. Her past with her father. She had no relationship with her father. That's all it is. That's all it is. We're still here continuing to talk about regrets. Santana? Yes. Okay, so um, I stopped calling bad decision-making regrets quite a few years ago. I chose to call them lessons. Um, I didn't like the word regret because if I looked at, for instance my two baby daddies as regrets, then I would be regretting my children that came from those relationships, and I do not regret my children. Um, Excuse me. But um, my decision-making hasn't always been the same, and that started off very young. So I will say that my number one uh, lesson (laughs) is that I did not graduate high school. I dropped out in my senior year. Um, not the best decision. I really wish I could go back and change that. And I would have changed it from the time I was a freshman all the way through. Because what I did in my freshman year affected the rest of my four years in high school and why at in my 12th grade year of high school, my senior year, um, I was so... Like, it was bad. For me to graduate um, on time, I don't even know that I would have been able to do it even if I was, like, sitting there knocking it down because I already had a zero period, you know, before everybody got to school. And it was just exhausting and too much for me, and I couldn't deal with it. And um, so I dropped out in my senior year, and my mom was not happy. You know, I, I ended up finding jobs here and there, um, and I eventually got my GED, but I already had two kids. So I was already in my mid-20s when I finally went to some night school and got my GED. Bad decision, though. Bad. Horrible. Horrible. And I, with my own kids, you know, I would sit there and tell them, you know, you don't want to start screwing up in your freshman year. you got to get through this, you know. So... My kids, um, good people. Um, my two younger kids, um, they have suffered a lot um, because of my decision I made when I had a child at 18 and with the person that I chose as the father. So um, those two kids did not graduate high school either. Um, my son did end up going back and getting his GED, accomplished that so that he could go on and do whatever he needs to do in life with 
jobs and such. Um, my daughter, very, very smart, my oldest, she's very, very intelligent. Um, she only had a few credits left, you know, and she was going to continuation school, and I wish that she could, and I know she wants to go back and do that eventually too, but she has two kids now, and she's a good mom and all that good stuff. Didn't finish school, but my baby graduated. She graduated, so that made, I was a very proud mom of that. You know, I was on her. You can do this because she did the same thing I did. You screw around as you, as a freshman, and then things get harder for you as you're going along. You don't realize how bad, you know, you're, what you're doing to yourself. And she learned that, and she struggled, but she got through it. She graduated on time, and she got to do everything you should be doing as a senior in high school. So very proud. I'm I'm proud of all three of my kids, but, you know, I'm just saying it's, you know, there's things that you think are a good decision at this young age and you start doing things and you don't really think about what's going to happen later on. At that time, that's the way I was feeling. I never liked school since I was in kindergarten. I just did not like school. It was not my thing. You know, report cards. She is always daydreaming. (laughs) They can ask my mother. Um, But you know what? I went and got my GED, and I wouldn't have the career that I've had for 24 years had I not done that. So, you know, bad, bad, bad choice, bad decision. So if we're going to call it a regret, that's, that's my number one thing in my life that I regret. You learn any lessons from it? Oh, yeah. That you could depart to, 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 to these young kids or you know young what? adults? You don't really think that diploma is a big deal, but it, but it really is. Like I said, I wouldn't have the job or the career that I've had had I not had it. It opens doors. Or, yes, it does open doors. I never went to college or anything like that. Um, and, you know, now... At the age I'm, I am, and the things I think about, I man, I missed. I could have been some other stuff right now had I, you know, made better decisions with my life. But then, you know, having a child at, at 18, yeah. that just changed everything for me. And then just the whole situation. I ended up in a in a uh, domestic violence um, life for eight years. Um, with my child's father at the time, and I had two kids with him. It took me eight years to get out of that. And during that time, I was working. I had jobs, but, you know, they were never careers. They didn't last long. I did them to get by, to, to survive, to pay my rent, to get food on the table for my kids, you know. And it was, I've, I've been struggling for a long, long time. Long time. But that's... Um... But I did it. But yeah, and that's what I, when I see you, I see perseverance. Yes. But also, I don't see bitterness. And that's a very good thing. A lot of people that went through what you did with the domestic violence and uh, not graduating, you see a lot of bitterness. But when I look at you, and I think everybody agree, I... You wouldn't even know you went through anything. I don't see no bitterness. I don't see you walking beat down. I don't see you living with the regrets that you just discussed. You walking better than I've seen women and men with college degrees and had everything. And yet, you're walking happy. You're walking proud. And that's just a testimony to your perseverance as a person and your character. And it's, you know, I think you should applaud yourself for that because uh, a lot of people don't have that. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I, I worked for really hard on myself, and I still do. I work on myself daily, you know, to, to self-love self-love. And I think that, you know, my problem, part of my problem was, like I was t- saying 
earlier about not having my dad in my life, um, you know, I'm sure that contributed to some of the things. You I didn't, didn't have I didn't have anybody to look at to show me. You didn't know how to relate to me. No, no. You don't know how to talk to them. You don't no. know how to read them. It's yeah. What, like my mom used to tell me. Uh, she said a man is everything in a the house. They like to try to belittle it, but my mom always told me that the man's the most important aspect of a house. He dictates the mood. He dictates the communication. He dictates everything. A good man without dictating. I can agree with that. And I can agree with that. It's the way your sons relate to women Mm -hmm. and it's the way your daughters relate to men. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that have a lot of problems in relationships is because they can't relate to the other sex. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have problems regardless because men and women are just different creatures. True. But there's women that have been around a lot of men growing up that have strong fathers. They know 